InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. What's the real difference between men's and women's paychecks? The answer might surprise you. And if you're a woman, what steps can you take to earn a larger salary when changing careers? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with an international expert on gender issues. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. After 30-some years of trying to close the gender gap in wage earning, women still earn less than their male counterparts. Internationally known gender issues expert Dr. Warren Farrell is author of Why Men Earn More, The Startling Truth Behind the Pay Gap and What Women Can Do About It. He joins us today on InfoTrack. Welcome, Dr. Farrell. Thank you. The current thinking is that women are earning less than men because over the course of a career, they will take time off to raise a family. Is this really true or a convenient way to sweep the issue under the rug? It's really true. One of the quick ways to see that is that never married men who have never had children actually only earn 85% of what never married women who have never had children earn. So we get a sense just from that one statistic alone how impactful the decisions are that we make when we have children in particular as to what men and women do differently. And so when we don't have children, men tend to work in different fields. They take fields like social sciences or arts or liberal arts rather than the hard sciences like math or computer sciences or engineering. And people in the computer sciences and engineering, almost all the high-pay fields are in one of those two areas or in medicine. So what you're saying, it's the field that is the biggest determinant of pay for men and women. The field, your subfield, how many hours you work, men are more likely to work three hours more on average in the workplace. That alone accounts for 70% of the pay gap. Most people don't realize that a person working 44 hours a week actually earns almost 100% more than a person working 34 hours a week. So just for those 10 additional hours, which is really only about 30% more time, you actually earn 100% more pay. And not, of course, at the same job, but because your additional commitment to the workplace allows you to get promoted more quickly or have different types of jobs. Or I suppose if you're in a commissionable job, it allows you more time to do the work necessary to rake in those extra dollars. Yes, absolutely. And being willing to be paid by commission, that is, have a less secure paycheck, but have a paycheck that's based on productivity, will almost always produce as much as you earn without regard to whether you're a female or a male. So if you really feel you're underpaid in relation to your productivity, one option is to ask to be paid on commission or in some form like that. But what I was able to identify when I did the research for why men earn more was that there are 25 different behaviors that men do from what women do in the workplace. And all 25 of those lead to men earning more money. All 25 of those also, though, lead to women having better lives. So you don't just want to follow the path to earning more money because each of those ways to earn more money come with trade-offs. Obviously, if you are willing to move during the holiday season to Alaska, on the spur of the moment when your company needs you, you're going to be having some negative feelings perhaps from your family, especially if you have a spouse and children. But on the other hand, you're likely the company will tend to appreciate that and reward you with promotions and more pay more quickly. You write that women don't know why men earn more money. Is knowing the territory a step toward earning more? Absolutely. First, knowing why men earn more money is very crucial, but also knowing in order to not forfeit the advantage that women have of better lives and longer lives, also knowing which steps can be taken 
that are useful both for you, for a woman, at, to retain a better lifestyle, but at the same time earn more money. So, for example, many women love working indoors. They love working in safe environments. They love being able to check out at the end of the day. They love being reasonably fulfilled. They love having people contact. These are the areas in which women rank very highly. Uh, they want to be able to commute not too far from work to home. So areas like, for example, being a dental hygienist, if you don't have a lot of education but you have some or want to have some, men who are dental hygienists are enormously discriminated against. It's almost impossible to be a male and be a dental hygienist. Yet they're paid fairly well. It's going to be a growth area in the next 10 years. The pay will be going up in the next 10 years. And it has all those advantages of being able to check out at the end of the day, being able to interact with people, being in a safe environment, and so on. Being a nurse, while a nurse pays fairly well, a nurse anesthetist pays extremely well in excess of $100,000. Or if a woman is single and she wants to travel and experience different cities, she can then become a traveling nurse, or what is sometimes called a gypsy nurse. Those nurses are paid in excess of $100,000 and also give her the advantages of learning about a lot of different hospitals. And then if she wishes to have children later, she can then become a consultant because she's had so many diverse experiences. So that's identifying a subfield within a specialty that you might already be educated for. Precisely, yes. Almost every field has just dozens and dozens of ways of cutting that field. If you're an engineer, there are literally hundreds of specialties of engineering you can go into, hundreds of locations, ways... If you're an engineer and you also want to be, let's say, a novelist or an artist, most people say you have to choose between the two. No, you don't. You can be an engineer for three or four years, save that additional money that you would make versus what you would make teaching, and then take three or four years off and experiment with being an artist. Use the money that you made to subsidize you for when you're trying to write or be an artist or do something stupid like I do, right? What about women with children? I know you said it might be relatively easy for a single woman to take a job that involves a lot of traveling or being located in a not-so-desirable spot, but what about somebody that's really got some roots in a community and has children or family obligations? What is the single best decision she can make to have it all? Well, first, ask her husband, if I focus on raising the money, would you be able or desirous of focusing on raising the children? Very few people realize that children raised by dads in intact families do much better than most children raised in intact families. Dads seem to have a very, be very effective. They're not more nurturing than women. They're less nurturing, but it's exactly the tendency to be less nurturing that helps good boundaries be enforced and creates empathy and high levels of productivity and balance in the children. So consider the possibility of talking with your husband about raising the children. What your husband will need to be reassured of is that you will respect him if he's not earning significant money or not earning any money out of the home at all, but that you also expect him then to be doing the cooking and either the cleaning or if you're making enough money to hire out and supervise and organize the cleaning and to move to locations where you want to move to. We're living in a day, an age where women can get paid more than men do for the same work, so it is to the advantage of the family for the woman who is ambitious to be in the workplace and for the man who's at all nurturing and caring and satisfied with connecting with children to be doing the childcare. And if you're a single woman, choose the type of man 
who will be appropriate for that type of behavior. Don't let yourself get recommended in parties by hosts to men who are just the doctors and the lawyers and the high achievers. Look for men who are, have good listening skills, who are listening to a woman and asking questions to which they don't pretend to know the answer, who are communicating with average-looking women rather than the superstar-looking women. Those are the types of men that are likely to be supportive of you and secure enough to be um, raising the children. Talk a bit about career choices young women should be making, those that are still in school. What's going to be relevant 10 years from now? Anything in the um, computer sciences, anything in engineering, anything in biomedical areas, and the health industries. Those are all going to be very major growth areas. Almost all of your growth professions will be within the framework of those areas. Many people think, well, go out and start my own business. But be aware, uh, women who start their own businesses earn less than half of what men who start their own businesses earn. Actually, the corporation, and particularly in the areas I just mentioned, are particularly good to women. You've actually cataloged 90 fields that pay women more than men. That's nine zero. That's quite a lot. Generally, it's the sciences. Are there any others that might fall outside that category that women should be taking a look into? Yes, construction, interestingly enough. Women who own their own construction companies make more than men who own their own construction companies. Women who join the military, if they join the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, are virtually never killed. So if you're wanting to pick up the types of skills, administrative skills or computer skills or um, health-oriented skills, joining the military is actually a fairly good option for a young woman to get some of those skills under her belt without having nearly the hazards that we would normally associate with men joining the military. The important thing about that is also not only are the women safer, but the men are more likely to work in tanks or in the trenches or in sort of a guerrilla you know, situation, whereas the women are more likely to have administrative jobs, computer jobs, and jobs that are therefore transferable to civilian life when they come back. But outside of the fields of engineering and the social sciences, it depends largely not on the field itself, but rather on how many hours you're willing to work, how much you're willing to relocate, how much you're willing to travel, and what type of flexibility you're willing to do with your job. If you're willing to choose a job that requires a further commute to get there, you'll obviously increase your choices of jobs. So with a little work and sacrifice, good things can come. Dr. Warren Farrell, thank you for sharing your research and thoughts with us today. Thank you. It's wonderful talking with you. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.